Quite the Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators, made without constraints. Hi everybody and welcome to quite the interview from Quite the Thing Media, where I speak to independent podcasters and creators industry leaders at times, creative thinkers and plenty of others in between, letting them tell their story without constraints. We ask independent creators and podcasters eight questions and to answer these eight questions, join me as one half of measuring the score and it is Chris. How are you keeping, Chris? Are you okay? I'm doing well, man. I'm actually just sitting here on lunch at work right now. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be kind of fun. Yeah, like I says, I uh, want to know your stories. There are eight. Well, there's actually ten questions because the first question is kind of three and one. But we're here to maybe try and learn something as well. Like the last couple of interviews we've completed, there has been some interesting points brought up. And if people listening can take one thing away from a conversation, if they're in the same boat, if they're an independent podcaster and they're just starting then. That brings value to the conversation, Chris. But we will start with question number one because it is the best place to start when you are going on a journey. So that is, what is your podcast? How did it come about and how long have you been going? Well, uh, our podcast is Measuring the Score. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, my name is Chris. And I do this podcast with my wife, Leslie. She's actually the one who started this whole thing. Uh, we were sitting around one day talking about some film scores and I said something about it. It'd be really kind of cool to do a podcast. And she's, why don't we do one? Why don't we do one of film scores? So that's when we sat down and talked about it. And that's when we focused mainly on film scores and the, you know, how they relate to this corresponding movie. And we broke it down to three different criterias. We say, does it work for the film? Does the score work for the film? Cause if it does not work for the film, then what's the score doing there? Why is it? You know, why is it for this movie? What was the composer thinking? And then we say, is there a favorite scene or a favorite score? Because if is, there is no favorite scene or favorite score, then that score does not work for that film. And what could have been done different? You know, could there have been any changes to that score? And we do this after every episode. And we that's we started back in February of this year and we've been going. We've got uh, seven episodes out now. And our latest one was on uh, Beverly Hills Cop. So, right, OK, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of an interesting one to do right there. <laughs> yeah, I was speaking to Bob from the Spritz Personality podcast on our last interview there. And when I asked him a question about what podcast he's enjoying, he, he mentioned your podcast, Chris. How does that make you feel like, you know, like there's an independent podcast scene and like that was without any sort of indication that I was speaking to you today. So. Does that make you? Does it give you a little bit of sort of confidence that you're getting out there and what you're doing is having an impact on even really just a couple does. of people? Yeah, it does. It really, really does because I, I you know, I was not expecting that, <laughs> and I know who you're talking about too. I, I see him on Twitter all, all the time. But we we have a lot of people coming up to us saying how much they enjoy the show, how amazing it is, and I'm sitting there going, ah, I don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and to hear that, that's awesome. That really is. That's that's great, man. So, what is your background then? Like, 
do you have a musical background? Is that why you decided to focus on the well, score of a movie? That was one of the things that when we were talking about this, that we would make it very, that would make the podcast very diverse because she is a classically trained musician. She can play the flute, the oboe, and I think she was learning banjo and violin at the time. And I'm a film composer and I've been doing it for almost 20 years, but I am not classically trained. I, I had played by ear. So to have that difference of opinion, whereas she will look at it one way and I will look at another, we thought that would be kind of interesting for people to hear, you know, going against how much we like the film score and how much our professionally we think the score would work. Yeah, I am not musically trained at all. It's something that I have no no talent in. But I I was speaking to my friend the other day and it sort of came out in conversation that I didn't particularly think that a, a score, like when I'm watching a film, I don't particularly notice that. It's not, it's not the, the main focus, but through a little bit of conversation and a little bit of education, basically, it, it can make or break a film. And that's what he was he was trying to to put across to me. How much impact is that taking it a little bit too far? Like, can you have no, a no, great and, film without a great score? Yeah, no, and we we've actually said that on the podcast. A great, you know, a score can make or break a film, and it really can, because it, you you have to think about it. The score is the driving force of the film. You know, it basically is carrying the story along it's making you feel the emotion it's bringing everything to the forefront and it's basically just kind of you got the visuals you got the characters and you got the you know the story and everything else but if you didn't have that score the you know a good score backing it up you would not have the same kind of emotion and even a lack of score you know to have the you know score in the right spots is another way it will you know will mess up a film because there's been some moments like even with Back to the Future, our second episode, we we're talking about like the very beginning of the movie. There was no score. And we were both agreeing that there should have been something there. Maybe just little hints of the theme. But it starts off with, you know, just ticking clocks. And then we get Huey Lewis in the news. And, but there was still no score. You didn't get any score until like 15 or 20 minutes into the film when you see the DeLorean. I mean, that's yeah. that's too long, <laughs> in our opinion. Yeah, but it does seem that. And. Like I mentioned, I was speaking to my friend the other day and it, it kind of dawned on me that one reason I got into a very specific song when I was younger was because of a score in a film. I don't think you will have seen this film because it's a British gangster film, but Brad Pitt is in it. It's called Snatch. I love that movie. Right, okay. So you yeah, know exactly I what I'm talking movie. about. Right. Yeah. Do you remember the bit where... Um, the first punch that Brad Pitt throws against the big gods is George, and then the Stranglers just kicks in as he gets knocked out. Yes, yeah, yeah, I know the scene. I don't remember right. the song. You don't remember the score, but yeah. if you think about it, the, he gets knocked out, and it just flicks to slow motion, and the Stranglers, Golden Brown, just kicks in. Right. And it's it's fantastic, and... Like I say, that that sort of put me on to the Stranglers a little bit when I was when I was a little bit younger. So nice. yeah, if you hear something like that in a film, and it it really that has stuck with me for forever, basically right. forever. Um, and I could, yeah, I could sit here and shoot the shit about films all night, <laughs> but we we'll, we'll move on, Chris. So, what was the first podcast that you ever listened to, or your or your wife ever listened to? 
Uh, the first, I asked my wife this question. I said, you know, what was the first podcast you listened to? And the first one she uh, remembered was Lore uh, with Aaron Mankey, you know, Mankey. where he tells the, the dark stories. And I, I, you know, enjoy that podcast. I do. Uh, my first podcast, though, was a it's an indie, independent podcast. It's called Retrovaniacs. It's three guys talking about old video games and they have like a certain year that they go by and <laughs> the, to hear their commentary when they get a really bad game is hilarious. I, I love those guys over there. <laughs> okay. Have they, what sort of era are we talking about? Did they, have they ever done the ET game, for example? They just, uh, one of their most recent episodes, they did a handful of Atari games. And okay. I think, if I remember correctly, I think ET is one of them. And uh, <laughs> it was pretty funny because uh, one of one of the guys on there, Billy, he's he's a little bit older than the rest of the guys, and so he's got more of a angry old man kind <laughs> right, of okay. vibe to him. So when he gets he, when they start talking about games, whereas the rest of them are kind of like, ah, this game wasn't bad, you know, you just hear him just start completely ripping this one game apart. <laughs> so is that your preferred sort of format? Then would be. Sort of a little bit of fun, but that, like on a specific topic, or is there any other podcasts out there that cover different topics that you're that you're a fan of? We maybe will cover this question in more depth later right. on. Um, really, if if you can keep my interest, if you can keep me entertained, if you can make me laugh, or you can engage me into the podcast, then I'm sold. So it doesn't really have to be. I mean, you can skip around to different subjects in the podcast, but if it's you can keep me entertained and, you know, have fun with what you're doing, then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely listen. That's the type of podcast audience I am. I am a, I'm a binger, a podcast binger. Um, if one of my friends maybe suggests a podcast to me because I, all my friends basically like or are into podcasts because we're right. part of a network where we produce podcasts. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> I suppose that sort of makes sense. Right. But, Somebody suggests something to me, I will then, if I listen to the first episode and I enjoy it, I can listen to 40, 50 episodes in, in the month. Basically, I will binge something, that's what I am. Um, I've only got maybe one or two podcasts that I have listened to since the start, week by week. Like More of a more of a binger, that is me. Right. How's your podcast changed and evolved? You've only done seven episodes, but have you noticed anything that's that's popped up anything that has changed well the one thing that has changed i mean we even though we've only released up to seven episodes we've recorded our entire season so okay. we've recorded we've recorded all 15 episodes and the one thing i've really noticed as far as what has evolved is we've gotten more in, in sync together whereas first we were writing everything down what you know what was coming next and everything else and then it just got to the point where it was coming natural. We didn't have to write all of, you know, our, you know, outline the entire episode of what we're fixing to talk about, what we're fixing to do. Now it just, it just comes right then and there. And our, you know, at first we were kind of interrupting each other a little bit because we, we had never really done this, but now we've understood, okay, you know, this, you know, she's talking, let me just kind of step back. I mean, I'm not saying anything unless I need to. And then, you know, she does the same with me. So, Really helps on the editing too. <laughs> yeah, we were we were speaking about editing just off of right. off of air. I'm a very lazy editor. Um, I I am too. I'm right there with you. you know, that's what I was saying. I, I just throw it in Audacity, put a noise gate on there, and leave it alone. And I'll send it to my wife, and she'll tell me if there's something wrong or not. <laughs> so 
I, I suppose one thing that you are the first to be able to offer an insight into it is recording live, basically side by side with your wife. I imagine you're recording in the same room with a couple of microphones. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We just got uh, two microphones. She's got one pointer her, and I'll, I'll be across on the table on the other side. We got our, we got a Zoom Podtrack P4, which is what I've got today. Right. And uh, we got to sit in the middle of us, and we'll just go at it like that. And we'll just sit there. And, you know, I've had to, had to kind of rail us in a couple of times because we will start, you know, just steadily going and going and going. I'm like, all right, we got to wrap this up soon because <laughs> we try to keep a format at least like 40 minutes, you know, 40 to 50 minutes. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the format of a podcast there then? Because I am, this is a bugbearer of mine. I'm not a massive fan of longer format podcasts, I'll be honest with you. Anything over an hour, I, I will skip it, mostly. I will go, no, I don't have time for that. Right. I, I'm I'm with you. If you're going, to me, if you're going past 40 minutes, I start to kind of like, all right, this is kind of dragging. You know, unless it's a very entertaining or interesting topic they're talking about if it's just you know that you can tell they're dragging i kind of like all right i I gotta skip past this a little bit because uh, i i would be a podcast binger if i had more time but i see i have a you know a long commute which is how we got started listening to the podcast both my wife and i and we got like an hour drive from our job so it's like all right so we you know listen to podcast and if you're getting to the point where i'm driving and you're just it just it's steadily going and it's not stopping yeah i'm gonna start skipping it so that's why we settled on like 40 to 50 minutes i mean that's you know sometimes we got shorter episodes yeah i think covid uh, covid i do apologize covid has had a massive impact on people's obviously ability to commute to and from work i used to have a again about a 45 minute commute to and from work and that was the time that I listened to podcasts. I do have a dog as well, so we take him out for a big walk, listen to that. But my time has been impacted, basically, obviously trying to run quite the thing. Media, the network has had a big impact on that. But I can only my imagine. Time, yeah, my, my time with my dog. <clears throat> I take my dog out. I, I, I can. That's when I. That's when I've got my spare time. Right. That's nice. That's that. Hey, that's that's a great way to to listen to it. You know, dogs doing their business. I'm like, okay, well, you know, go yeah, he, he loves it. Yeah. Walk, you know, and then just listen to a podcast. That's great, man. That's a great time to listen to a podcast. You're not yeah. trying to concentrate on the traffic like we're doing. <laughs> well, that's it. Yes, like he is a. I love my. Obviously, I love my dog. That goes without saying. But he, he's a he's a Labrador, so he's a gun dog. He's a sniffer dog, basically. And nice. I don't need to give him any attention. He just, I've actually got a, a bungee rope basically now that I tie around my waist <laughs> so that I, he can just basically do what he wants and I can, I can listen to my podcast. So that's, nice. yeah. that's, that's a good way to do it. I'm going to have to do that. I, I've got, I've got three dogs. Um, um, the, the two bigger ones are the ones that need leashes. We got like a little Yorkie and he, he's actually with us doing every podcast episode. He's in my wife's lap every time we record. Uh, has, he ever, but, has, has he ever interrupted? <laughs> he has actually. Um, there was I can't remember which episode it is. You can actually hear him because he was sleeping and he started grunting. So you hear you hear that I'm talking. You hear this very uh, and I was like, really, Thomas? Thank you, buddy. He just interrupted the whole podcast, and so I left it in there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that to you, Chris. My advice would be 
if your dog interrupts, it's happened to me in the past with the, the grunting, the the barking. Right. You just leave it in because people yep. love dogs, and you make you, you make a point of saying, "Oh, that's that's little Thomas making noise." Right. Sorry about that, and then just move on and leave it in one hundred percent because people people love that. It's not like a bus going past or somebody chapping the door. Right. It's an it, it's a dog, and right. people. Lots of people have dogs, so yeah, that would be a, a little piece of advice for any independent podcaster. See if your dog interrupts. Don't worry about it. People well, don't care. That same episode that I was talking about where Thomas was grunting, uh, that next day, because that night I took a picture of him when we woke him up. I was like, all right, buddy, let's set up. And I took a picture of him as my wife was holding him. Yeah. And the next day, Podbean, which is our um, podcast, you know, the place where we distribute our podcast through, they posted on Twitter is like, hey, it's national. Share your dog or, you know, on right. Twitter or whatever. So I sent that picture and I got so many responses like, and Podbean even shared it and quoted it. And it's like, oh, look, he's such a snappy dresser and a great podcaster, too. Look at there. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's great. man. I'm going to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to make a point of, you know, Ad Thomas is basically our mascot for measuring the score. <laughs> oh, no, 100 percent. Like we're obviously running the the QTT Podcast Award 2021, which you have been nominated for, by the way. You do know that, yeah? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Thank so you, th- thank you. Thank you to whoever nominated us. <laughs> by the time the episode, this episode goes live, the voting should be open. So if you go to the Quite the Thing Media website and you want to vote for people, then the voting should be open by now. But I posted a picture of my dog the other day on the, the QTT Media Twitter mm-hmm. said, look, let's forget about the podcast awards for a minute and let's just focus on the puppy awards, basically. And I <laughs> must have got 30, 30 replies from people just posting pictures of the dogs because people love that. <laughs> people absolutely think, love it. I think I submitted our picture of Thomas in there. I can't remember, but I remember oh, seeing you may have. Yeah, you may, yeah. You may have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do we, do we see the be tiny, like, the be tiny. Yeah, yeah, he's a little guy, um, Yorkie. He's got hair all over the place, and uh, he was kind of uh, near a pop filter on the microphone. Yeah, like a duck outfit. <laughs> okay, I, I got that many that I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I understand. I saw <laughs> it. I'm going to get out there. Have you got any other advice for people looking to get into podcasting? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, just don't be afraid to do it. Just make sure you got some, you know, decent to well audio equipment and because great audio is one thing that's definitely i mean because this is you know podcasting is an audio form i mean they do have the video formats out there now but the audio is is the main thing that's that's the key thing just be yourself you know don't be afraid to show everyone who you are be genuine that because that's the one thing we we've noticed that audience love genuine people because you know just just and don't give up when you start this because they're when we first started we didn't get a whole lot of reaction it wasn't until up until now like on twitter and facebook and everything else that people really started to come up to us and say hey we heard your podcast or like you were talking about somebody you know uh bob mentioned us on on your yes. podcast here and you know that's you know just be yourself and that's what we're doing so yeah just just go out there and just do it don't be afraid to do it that seems to have been the advice from nearly everybody that I have spoken to already would be just go for it. Just give it a go. Put yourself out there. There are 
three hosts, X, Y, and Z, if you really want to go with Anchor and do things for free, then that is available to you. There are different, better hosts, I think, in, in my opinion, out there, Captivate being one of them. Um, I used to be on Podbean, but I decided to, to move to Captivate not not that long ago. Go for it. Just give it just give it a go. Yeah, and right. you're you're one hundred percent right there with the sort of honesty side of things. Just don't don't do not kid on that you are a podcaster. Like don't try and put on a persona. Just be yourself, have that conversation. If it comes natural, if people enjoy it, they will. And you're right with the do not be over focused on numbers to start no. with. Do not because if you do it as such a saturated market, there are two million podcasts, fair enough. There's probably about half sixty percent of them that are lying as a dead RSS. Even then there's one million stories getting told out there. Exactly. Yeah, try not get too down about the numbers and don't focus too much on the numbers. Uh, a stat that I always think you should look at is, I don't know if you do this, is your episode consumption rate, I think, is more important than your actual physical download numbers because somebody downloads your episode and not listen to it, well, then what is the point? Right. Right. So, no, I, I do that. I, I do listen to, I look at the, uh, you know, the download consumption rate. And for the most part, ours, I mean, I'll, I'll post on Twitter like, hey, we got, you know, uh, I think yesterday I just posted that we had like 400 total downloads. But like you said, that may not be a full listen. Uh, luckily, with most of our stuff, we, you know, most of our listeners actually do finish the episode or at least get a little over the halfway mark. If you get it to that point, a little over the halfway, I'm fine with that. You, you've got most of the information from the episode, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, you Yes, 100%. If people people download but don't listen, there's no point. Right. Really. So that consumption rate, I, I would be looking at. I would be looking at that. Are people yeah. listening? And that is that's basically right. it. And if you've got if you've got an, an engaged audience and you do have a, a niche like yourself, where you're speaking about something very specific, film scores. If there's ten people listening to that, I still think again, this is just my opinion that word of mouth is much more important than uh, Twitter retweets, favourites, X, Y, and Z, the, the social side of things, because I, I know that people can get 50 retweets, engagements, of or audience reach, 6,000. So 6,000 people have seen it, but they've got three link clicks. Right. right. Whereas if... You've got uh, one listener that says to their friend, listen to this. That, that's 100% more valuable than, I would say, 50 retweets. But that's just my opinion. People have um, different opinions about that, especially in the, the sort of indie scene. There seems to be a lot of, I'll admit, there. No, I completely agree with you on yeah, that one yeah, because cool. we had, I think, our Star Trek episode. Uh, I've got like a couple of, I think there's like a film music bot that I do. I'll put a hashtag in there for, but I mean, we are a film music podcast. So of course mm-hmm. I'm going to use that one, but I think there was maybe like two more retweets out of that. And it was more 
someone was messaging someone else and saying, hey, look, you need to listen to this episode. Hey, check this episode out. And I was getting more engagement out of that way than I was out of the retweets that I had sent out. Yeah, that is it. That is it 100%. And I'm going to, I might upset people listening here, but this hashtag FF needs to stop in the independent Twitter scene, in my opinion. It is of no value to anybody. Um, right. I don't know if you do it. I don't know if you do it yourself. I do apologise if you do what is the What is the hashtag FF? All right, okay, so have you never seen the tweets where it's hashtag, so follow Friday, it happens on a Friday, FF, uh-huh. and there will just be a list of 20 Twitter names put into a post. Oh, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. I've never done that. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, don't, uh, don't ever engage with it. It's... Uh, what va- there's no value in it so like we'll, we'll move on before because it is one of my biggest bugbearers in the whole scene basically is the FF thing what other podcasts do you admire Chris then? Uh, well there's several I mean I, I'm friends with a lot of them and I do admire what they do like uh, Sean at Cheap Seat Reviews he, he's you know he, they're always funny with all of his stuff uh, Cameron with Green Shirt Reviews Jesse, it's sudden but inevitable. It's a Firefly podcast, and they're actually the way they're doing it. They they finished up the Firefly uh, series, so now they're fixing to go into Cowboy Bebop. So it they're they're kind of changing their their show just a little bit, but it's still keeping the same format. But one guy I I definitely admire. That's a uh, 15 minutes of Marvel. He he does his entire podcast is 15 minutes, and I was like, 50 minutes? Are you going to be able to get all your information out there? And he does. He gets all of his information out there right then and there in 15 minutes. And it's engaging and entertaining every single time. And so I, I thought it was great. It was when I heard, first heard it, I'm like, wow, this is great. And then, you know, like I mentioned, Green Shirt, Green Shirt Reviews, um, it's Cameron. He's never watched Star Trek The Next Generation. And I have never laughed at a podcast that much. I, I was laughing so hard I started crying. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The the first episode I listened to, uh, Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable was on there, and they open it up and they're talking about a, uh, I can't remember what it was, something his son did, and I just started laughing so hard, and I was like, I have never laughed as hard at the podcast before. <laughs> so yeah, those two podcasts definitely, but the rest of those guys that you know that I mentioned, they're they're all great, just like the Nostalgia Test as well. It's uh two guys just going at it through. Um, their Zoom and those guys are great too, and they got their own little setup. So that's a lot of podcasts I admire. <laughs> oh, that is, um, I'm pretty sure some of them have been nominated for the awards as well. So um, are you going to vote for them then? And the, oh yeah, yeah. Have they fall into the comedy <laughs> section, or they might fall into the TV, probably TV and film actually. Yeah. Right. The last, the last three questions we will get on to because this happens every time I start speaking to somebody. It runs much longer than I think it. Than I think it would have at the start. It's fine. Off of piste, Chris, if you could go back in time to one point in your life and talk to your younger self, uh, where would you go and what would you say? I would go back to when I was like 12 or 13. Um, and because it was around the time when I started really getting into film music. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to be a film composer. I want, you know, I want, this is what I want to do. I enjoy it so much. I would go back to myself and say, hey, look, you, if this is what you want to do, you need to really learn how to do film music, film, learn how to do it the right way, because it was such a long and hard road to get to where I am now. And e- even still, I'm still not where I would like to be. Um, 
So yeah, if that was that was one time, it would be that moment there. And also say, hey, look, you're gonna be doing a podcast later on, so you're gonna enjoy it too. <laughs> yeah, like I think that I'll, I'll be honest with you, Chris. I think that's that is madness. Like because you 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 had a an inspiration and a dream at 12 years of age, basically, mm-hmm. and you're like you might not be exactly where you want to be at the moment, right. but you're. You're nearly there, or you're on the right track. So that's just my opinion. I, I, well, like, I, no, I, I agree with you. I, I understand what you're what you're saying, but the problem is with being a film composer. I'm not in LA. That's right. one thing. And since I'm not in LA, a lot I've I've had um, a lot of directors. Um, David Hackle, who worked on Saw Five, he said to me before on Facebook, "I would love to work with you." But unfortunately, you're not in L.A., so our producers are not wanting to go with someone that's not in L.A. And it was I mean, this was before COVID. And I know. know, And it seems so bizarre. Sorry. Yeah, it it really is. And I I could tell the guy was being genuine. And I mean, he's he's talked to me, you know, several times over the years. And, you know, there's been several. This is that's not just one instance. There's been several times where it's like that. It's producers will only want to go with someone that they've met in person or go from there. So it, it's really hard. And because I, you know, I'm not some, uh, I've had somebody tell me that because I wasn't classically trained that they didn't want to hire me because I haven't worked with a full gigantic orchestra before they didn't want to hire me. And so, I mean, if I had all that stuff back then, you know, under my belt and, you know, I knew that going back in time, I would say, this is what you need to learn. This is right. what you need to know. You know, and it's going to be, it's still going to be hard, but it won't be as hard. It just seems so bizarre because we live in such a globalized world where it just seems like people living in LA live in LA and their cost of living, I presume, is much higher than it is in other parts of America. So their, their charges will be, it must cost more to hire somebody that stays there and lives there and is in that scene, whereas if somebody is, is out of the scene, but the LA scene, their cost of living might be a little bit cheaper in the safer. I don't know. It just seems, it just seems bizarre, Chris, that no, I, because I you're not in a certain area that you right. cannot then progress in your career, especially now in a, a COVID world where everything is done over Zoom at home. It must. It just seems a little bit off of doesn't seem like a, a brilliant thing to be honest well there is a uh i'm not going to say his name because i'm, I'm not going to do that but there was a very well respected film agent uh film composer agent and he was holding a thing on facebook saying you know ask me any question and i asked you know what do you advice do you have for composers who do not live in la to you know possibly get more jobs or you know that sort of thing and he asked me he said where do you live i said alabama and he said move to la I was like, yeah. yeah, and that's all he said. And I said, and well, unfortunately, it's it's not really possible because I own my own home here. You know, my wife's got a great job here, and it's just you know, and it was basically I'm hearing excuses. The only way you're going to make this work is if you know. He, he told me uh, a true artist would find a way, and I I refused I, I refused to believe that I really do. And then it was like a lot of the people that follow this guy and who are big supporters of him were I felt kind of 
attacked at that moment. You know, they were all saying the same thing and all saying, well, you know, I moved my wife and my family to Spain and everything else. And I'm going, good for you. That's not something I'm doing. You know, and I mean, I, I've had a pretty good career, you know, as a film composer up and, you know, up until when COVID hit. Uh, and uh, I've, that advice, you know, what that that agent said to me has always stuck with me. I've always had that with me the entire time going, OK, I'm not going to do this. I'm not I'm going to beat what he said, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Those things. A, I suppose there's a little bit of that in Britain where it's the whole London vibe. If you're not in London, then you're not hip enough or cool enough. So right. I suppose it does sort of transfer over to the UK as well. If you could get any famous person on your podcast to interview, who would you like to speak to? Um. My, I talked to my wife about this. I was seeing a couple of different people and then we both agreed on this person here. And he's every five episodes, we do a composer showcase and he was our first one. Uh, it would be James Horner, the film composer. If he was still alive, we would love to get him on the show because his emotion and the masterfulness that he brought to his music with his themes and just the score itself. I would just love to sit down and talk with him about his process and how he was able to do these things. And, take just some such a simple movie you know and bring so much emotion and joy or emotion and connection to something you know how would just like a simple piano motif like you did with casper i mean that was a you know it was a kid's film and everything else but there was so many sad moments in there especially when casper's talking about his family and how it was and james warner's got this simple little piano motif going and i was just like wow that's just amazing how he could do that so and plus we were also born in the same same day. It was a he was born on August fourteenth and so was I. Just different year. So you mentioned Casper. Is there anything else that jumps out from his bank of work? One of them definitely is Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Uh, right. how he used the um, uh, the powerhouse theme. It, he the way he changed it up and everything else. And there there was a um, the Karate Kid remake. Uh, I. I when we were doing the showcase, I was listening to like a lot of the different scores and the karate kid pops up and I was like, wow, this, I've never heard this score. And it was, it was really, really good. I've never seen the film. I heard it was not the greatest in the world, but the score is amazing. When I found out it was James Horner and then of course, Braveheart, Braveheart was a good score as well. Yeah. Braveheart. Yeah. He's an <laughs> avatar. Apocalypse yep, with avatar. Mel Gibson. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. I think Mel Gibson really, really liked working with him. Okay. Uh, and James Cameron, of course, in with Titanic and, um, and the score to Aliens was great as well, which I think he got a I can't remember off the top of my head. I think an award nomination, Academy Award nomination or a, a, a win for that one. And considering they had him and Cameron had a very toxic relationship on that on that score. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Finally. What is your favorite episode that you have to? produced so far that you would point people towards for a taster of what it is that you do okay now my wife this is where you know it comes into my wife has a one opinion i have another she suggested uh she really likes the good the bad and the ugly uh episode that we did uh that one was kind of fun to do because i had never watched the film all the way through someday Uh, ennio morricone yeah okay and uh, I had never listened to the score. I had never watched the film all the way through. I was in like bits and pieces over the years. And it was really fun to sit there and rediscover, you know, well, to discover a lot of it and for her to rediscover a lot of the score. 
And that was one of her favorite episodes because of uh, the joy of us talking about that back and forth and, you know, how much, you know, we liked it. I liked one of our recent episodes. It was the Star Trek 2009 episode, uh, the J.J. Abrams film. Michael Giacchino, what he did with that score, I mean, he took an iconic Star Trek theme, threw it out the window and came in and said, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my own thing. This is what will work for this Star Trek. This is what will invoke you know, the feel of Star Trek and the fun of what it was back in the day watching it as a kid. And it was amazing. I, I still love that score. And he, he's become one of my favorite composers now because of that. Yeah. Takes a brave man to throw something so iconic out of the window like that. Well, he, I think they had, I think he went through like 20 different renditions. They were trying to get the feel down. They were trying to understand what would work and what wouldn't. And finally he just sat down and just threw everything out the window and started from scratch and said, here, this is what I've got. And they're like, this works. This is, this is Star Trek. This, 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 you know, this is what we need right here. This is our theme. And I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool because I, I went through that several times myself, you know, as a composer. So yeah, it was, it was fun. I'd love doing that episode. Yeah. I've really enjoyed the, the chat, Chris, and we're going, to, we're going to wrap it up here. Where can people find you on socials, etc.? Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in Measuring the Score. You'll find us on there. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at Measure the Score. Uh, on Instagram, just type in Measuring the Score. You should be able to find us. Uh, send us an email, MeasuringTheScore at gmail.com. And as far as finding the podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Pandora, pretty much anywhere there is anywhere there is a podcast you can find us <laughs> yeah what i'll do is i will put your link tree um into the show notes uh your twitter name as well and people can find you from there because it, i'll admit i've not listened to any of your approach man but <laughs> That's fine. I'm, go- I'm going to take a, i'm going to take a dive in because it sounds really interesting you obviously know what you're talking about you've got a background in the speciality, the niche that you are producing content in. So, Chris, thanks for the chat. Thank you so much for having me on here, man. This has been great. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Everybody, thanks for listening, and we will speak to you soon. At Quite The Thing Media, we aim to bring you the best podcasts produced by independent creators made without constraints. We'll be right back.